All right, good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So, today slash this evening, I am catching up with a new guest co-host. And I'm excited to bring this guy on. Shout out to the family, the crew over Energy Valley. They bring me some very unique people with amazing backgrounds. And you know, rewind back to 2016, I had to hunt down every one of my guest co-hosts manually. <laughs> I even hired a virtual assistant to help with that a few years ago. But now these agencies exist. More and more people realize the power of podcasting, sharing a story, sharing somebody's unique background to the world, how they may have fought through it, and then some. So today I'm going to go right here with the keyword bipolar, ergo bipolar disorders or whatever you want to categorize it as. I have my older sister actually lives with that amongst some depression uh, intertwined into her life. So today's guest co-host is going to help me connect a little more personally. But as a reminder to the newer listeners, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. So today's guest co-host, that's right, a retired major general, 36-year Army combat veteran. I mean, he, he celebrated one heck of a remarkable career, commanding engineer units, holding a prestigious roles such as president of the National Defense University, commander of the Fort Leonard Wood. I mean, he's an author. He's actually authored and published a book, Bipolar, My Forever War with Mental Illness. So there's a little personal connection there for you. He's accomplished a lot in his career and his life, and that's why I wanted to bring him on today because a lot of people signify this as a tie to mental illness. But I learned more and more there's lots of people conquering this so-called illness. And that's what I want to talk about today. So without further ado, Greg Martin, sir. General Greg Martin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Scott. It's really a pleasure to be on. Uh, appreciate that introduction. And thanks for uh, mentioning the book. It's Bipolar General, My Forever War with Mental Illness, just officially released on Friday, um, available on Amazon and other places. It's already been added. I, I'm, I'm what those call, uh, I'm sure you heard of the term Amazon influencers. That's a whole thing now. So like, because <laughs> people love Amazon so much. Uh, so I have an Amazon influencer profile. So I have a banner on the website, livethefield.com for the listeners. So when they click on that, there's three key areas they can click into. And one of them is my recommended books. So every time I bring an author on, I add their book into there. So now you're in there with all the other authors I've had on the show over the years. So just to help people find it faster. Uh, for you. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, the, the gift of technology. <laughs> I got I to gotta help you guys wherever I can. So uh, so thank you, Amazon, for making me an influencer and helping me organize things like that and call better attention to you guys. So uh, as a self-proclaimed, self-published author, I self-published on Amazon my book, which was titled So You Want to Be a Hotshot, which was a story of what I learned as serving as a hotshot while I'm firefighter with our federal government. Nowhere near you guys as far as military goes. But let me tell you, they broke us down. They rebuilt us. It was uh, 16-hour shifts, you know, weeks on end, no showers, living in the woods, camping under the stars. I mean, I would like to give myself, I don't know, 5% of what you went through. Is that fair? <laughs> sure, that sounds know. good. I don't know. I, I wasn't getting shot at, but then my, my, my military buddies are all like, well, you're crazy. And I was like why am I crazy? That's a very strong statement. Like you're trying to fight mother nature and walls of fire and mountains burning. He goes, I'll take gunfire any day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can believe it. I figured you would appreciate that. So I got some very funny yes. buddies of mine. So, um, but let's, let's dig into this. I mean, I like the title. It, it's, you know, my forever war with mental illness. It's, it's got a great candid tie because you, 
Do you ever truly, as an expert in this topic, defeat or can you ever defeat a bipolar, quote, disorder or illness? I do not believe so. Most doctors and scientists say no. Okay. Uh, but I have heard of miraculous outcomes where s somehow by a miracle somebody was cured. But I, I, I've never seen it. Um, and so to the best of my knowledge, uh, bipolar disorder, like other mental illnesses, is a chronic disease of the brain. And so once you get diagnosed and you get on the right medication and you're getting therapy and you're living a healthy life, you have to manage it till you die hmm. because you can, otherwise it can come roaring back at you in the form of a relapse. And you're, you're probably going to be in worse shape than you were originally. Wow. So that's why it's a forever war. Yeah. I mean, you obviously served a whole military career. Uh, part of your other fun backgrounds, because it looks like you were bored. You decided to get some advanced degrees from MIT along the way. Uh, you know, the Naval War College, the Army War College. I mean, so you were fighting this war throughout all of that since childhood. Is that when you were originally diagnosed? No, I wasn't diagnosed until I was actually in my 50s. Wow. Um, so sort of the background on this is... Looking back now in working with expert psychiatrists, I now know that I was living on the bipolar spectrum from teenage years hmm. on. So, and I always had a, what they call a bipolar brain, but at first it was a very low level of uh, mania. It's, and it's actually called hyperthymia, which hmm. is a term that means you're living in a near continuous state of mild mania. So all through high school, college, my you know first few decades in the army, I had um, an overabundance of dopamine and endorphins being produced and distributed in my brain, wow. which gave me tremendous energy, enthusiasm, drive, optimism, problem solving skills, creativity. And so that carried me and made me successful as you know, in high school, uh, you know, graduated near the top of my class at West Point Army Ranger School, you know, nothing but top ratings through my whole career, uh, seven marathons under three hours in a two year period. Nice. Um, then when the Army said, hey, we're going to we want to send you to graduate school, they said your job is to get a master's in civil engineering. So I came out of there with two master's degrees and a Ph.D. <laughs> so, and, um, so chemically, so you're wired to overachieve. Absolutely, totally overachieved. And it helped me for decades. But what I didn't know is that I was slowly creeping my way up towards a, a state of bipolar disorder. Yeah. And the actual onset where my genetic predisposition was triggered was in 2003 in the Iraq war, where I was a brigade commander of thousands of troops. And the euphoria, the thrill, the stress, the trauma of combat triggered my actual bipolar disorder. And then I was still unknown, undiagnosed, unrecognized for 11 more years wow. until essentially I went into a state of madness, insanity in the form of full-blown mania. And then it, got, it was so bad that I got fired from my job, forced to retire, hospitalized. And then I fell, also fell into deep hopeless depression with terrifying psychosis, psychosis being delusions and hallucinations. So I wasn't, I wasn't um, diagnosed until 2014 when I was uh, 58 years old. Wow. That's, 
you know, it's again, I can connect to this because uh, I have a sister who's had to live through some of this too. And it's, I've, I could personally share without, you know, breaking privacy, but it's like a lot of the times it was like a cocktail guessing game because everybody's microbiology is different. So they have to test it to see how you react. Oh, and if you have an antipressant mixed into that cocktail, you got to, is there any side effects creating other side effects and they're all feeding off each other. And I will say I love my sister, but one thing she wasn't doing was her own personal work to help support that. I loved how earlier you were mentioning the importance of the self-care, right? The Whether it be exercise, uh, fueling your body, right, nutrition, whatever. All these elements also still come into play. You can't just depend on the chemical cocktail because to, to your point, you depended on your natural, like, higher-than-thou, like, chemical production of, like, peak performance for years, and then the first thing I think of, because I've run Ragnar, like 200 mile relays with my fire crew years ago, like uh, Ragnar relays is called. I've done uh, go rucks. I've, I've done the marathon thing. Not as many as you, uh, but I'm, I'm an endurance sport guy. I, I, I dude, I'm skydiving. I proposed to my wife skydiving. I'm that wacko, you know? And, but to, to, because that's how I perform. So I don't, I don't, I've never been diagnosed with what you're talking about. And I, I would think that I'm not at your level because I did not go to MIT. I didn't bang out double degrees. I definitely think you're producing way more chemicals in the brain than, than I, I am. But my point is you can also reach a burnout rate. And I'm guessing that plateau or that burnout rate is what you referenced there where you've, you, that's when it triggers, quote, into the disorder phase. Would you consider that the burnout rate? Because you just ran so hard so long and performed so well that eventually something's got to snap? Well, I would say mania is really the opposite of burnout okay. because with mania, you're going continuously up, up, up until you, you, you blow up wow. and I'm crashing down to earth. So the manic side of the cycle is up, 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 more and more energy, less sleep, uh, more grandiosity, et cetera. And then I would say what goes up must come down. So when you reach a peak level and your brain is overproducing these key chemicals, when it's time to go the other way, the brain stops producing as much and it gets fewer and fewer of these chemicals. And then that's when you hit the burnout and you fall into depression. In depression, your brain essentially begins to shut down. I mean, no energy, withdrawn, confused, um, you know, can't make a decision, can't get out of bed, can't go to work. And that's where I think the burnout comes. And it's just the natural byproduct of the mania. Wow. Uh, see... I'm taking notes right now because I was like, I, you're, you're teaching me things. That's why you're the guest co-host today. I was like, okay. <laughs> I've, I mean, I, uh, my, my sister, I think, never truly understood, you know, what she's had to go through her whole life. Um, I mean, she's only two years older than me, but I don't think she was ever properly diagnosed for years. I think more recently she's doing better. So maybe it's it's taken years of doctors or fails versus successes or the commitment to continue diagnosing and researching and figuring out how to identify these things that, you know, you got recognized, she's getting recognized better. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think that the care is improving <laughs> uh, or is still a lot of that self-accountability of you having to dig in yourself and figure things out? Well, I'd say it's both. Um, I don't really know that the 
psychiatric and psychologist care has really improved much. Um, But I think our knowledge of the disease has gotten better. So for instance, um, you know, when I was first ordered, when I was fired, I was ordered to go get a psychiatric exam and I was sky high on mania. And three times the doctors uh, evaluated me as fit for duty, nothing wrong, you're perfectly healthy. So they were totally wrong. They completely misread my condition. And three times before that, when I was in a state of depression, same thing, they, they, did, they didn't pick up on it. So I think bipolar disorder and other mental illnesses are difficult to diagnose, even for the best doctors. Um, but, but then um, there's, a, there's more medicine available today that I think can help people manage their condition. So for me, I, for the first two years, I, I must have tried, you know, 10 or 15 different medications. None of them worked. All they did was make me groggy, fall asleep. It wasn't until 2016, after I had been hospitalized, where we decided to try lithium, which is a natural salt harvested from the earth. And uh, once I started taking lithium, my depression within three days went away. Hmm. Uh, My psychosis went away. I felt like I did before bipolar disorder. And that was seven years ago when I began my, you know, really pretty challenging journey of recovery. But um, so I would say you have to have the chemical balance in your brain, right? Then getting psychotherapy is really important to help you think about your own thinking. And then I think healthy living, like you mentioned, diet, exercise, sleep, et cetera, all the low stress. And then those are all necessary, but not sufficient. I think you have to take those first three things I said and anchor them onto what I call the social platform of the five P's and the five P's apply to anybody. But in my case, it was really critical. Uh, First P is people surround yourself with a network of fun, happy, energizing people. Second purpose. You got to have a purpose that gives you motivation and drive to live. And for me, it's, I found it in bipolar disorder. It's my, my purpose is sharing my bipolar story to help stop the stigma and save lives. And so that's what I do every day, you know, writing, speaking, conferring. Um, the, the third P is place. It's important to live in a place that makes you happy, that energizes you, that enables you to do what you want to do. And then the fourth is perseverance. I mean, there's, this is hard stuff. And you're going to have setbacks. And so you have to make up your mind that you're going to keep going and you're not going to quit. Well, I think the, the military thing, trains that very well. <laughs> I, I, I do. Yeah. I think, I really think that uh, my military background and, you know, going like to Ranger School uh, really have helped me in my recovery because of that, that factor, the, you know, the will to win and to persevere and to never give up. Um, and then the fifth one is uh, presence, which is the ability to get outside of your own head, mm-hmm. think about your own thinking, because a lot of times what we think in our own mind is not it's not right. It's distorted. It's it's uh, untrue. And so we have to break out of our own mind and look objectively at what we're thinking. Like, as an example, um, I had paranoid delusions where I thought people were out to get me and put me in jail and get me killed. Um, wow. And I still, I kept having those in the last seven years, but I was able through my metacognition is the fancy word, thinking about my own thinking. I was able to think and say, you know what? It's not true. 
those people are not thinking to harm you. In fact, they're probably not thinking about you at all. They're thinking about something else. So that's a a helpful technique as well. Yeah, I like the piece um, because it's you're giving somebody a format, a structure or a guideline to follow, but also somebody not living with this, but just seeing it from the outside in with my own family and obviously, and you having be on the show as a guest co-host today, it's, it can be overwhelming for those around you who care for you, love you, and they want to figure out or help you figure out how to work through it. Um, I mean, my, my parents went through, yeah, they just went through hell. They went through hell trying to support my old, my sister. I mean, she was living with them in her thirties and into her forties. And then they finally said, you need to find a boyfriend. I mean, they they were they're they're in their seventies. I'm like they're young. I mean, I still consider seventies young. But I'm like, mom, dad, like you killing yourselves. I mean, they've given her everything she got. I mean, now so she's been on her own for a while, but she still lives with it. She still suffers with it. Um, so I think it's, I think it's important that you've aligned a structure and a format for somebody to help narrow down the focus and say, great. Okay. Let's say I had a team of people around me, right? Famous, uh, Jim Rohn quote, you're the, was it's either the sum or the five of, or the, I like to say the product of the five people you spend the most time with, right? That inner circle of trust. But let's say you got a support team. Great. Hey, you're my perseverance per, you know, person. Make sure I don't, you know, lose that focus. Hey, you're my health nut friend. Hold me accountable on that nutrition, those workouts and stuff like that. That type of thing. Um, is, is that some of the structure you started targeting with your own inner circle? Like, hey, who are the people that I can depend on that helped you discover these, the, like the five Ps? Uh, yeah, that's a great way to think about it. Um, I, I actually, you took it a step further by designating a particular person to say, you know, you're the health person or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, you're right on target. Having surrounding yourself with people who support you, who care about you, who have the knowledge of bipolar disorder and what's going on with you. Uh, that's, that is exactly the way to go. Um, in the medical community, they call that a peer support system in the military. They call it a a battle buddy, having battle buddies who keep an eye on you. Yeah. It's funny because, um, I, again, I was a Sawyer as a wildland firefighter. I don't know if you know what that is, but I mean, you know, wielding chainsaws, you know, so, (laughs) But your your buddy is your swamper. <laughs> so you, you run a full tank on that saw, and then once you're done cutting, you, you refill, fill for the oil, refill the fuel, make sure the chain is sharp, hand your hand your weapon of choice onto your swamper, and now you reverse rolls. And that's our life. that was our life, 16 hours a day, man. You're cutting, then you're swamping. You're cutting, you're swamping. And you bond, and you connect with your buddy. And so there is that, you know, buddy system or, or whatever. And I was the health nut on the crew. So my buddy, my partner in crime definitely benefited because I'm like, Hey man, we're trying to go in and sweat for 16 hours a day for two weeks straight without a day off. What you put in is what you get out. <laughs> and then like sleep habits and stuff like that. I was considered the old guy on the crew. Cause I was 31. I didn't get into it until later in my, in my years. And you know, they were basically structured just like the military. They bring in people 18, you know, I think there's one time there was a 17 year old, but it's usually like 18 to 24 is that sweet spot. Cause they want the, the moldability, right? The, they can kind of restructure you and train you and everything else. But that's what I'm thinking of on this because even as a crew, you know, we didn't have guns, but it's like, okay, we have a 20 man crew. You cannot deploy 
to a fire assignment without 20 healthy people. If somebody's injured, you got to bring in a filler, you know, bring in somebody from an engine crew nearby or something. And then each person's got a responsibility. You're, you're, you're chained out. You know, it, it's an assembly line. The Sawyers go in first with the Swampers. Then you got your Pulaski people. And then you got your, you know, everybody's got a specific tool and a purpose to attack that plan. That's the only reason why my brain flipped when you were saying this. I'm like, okay, you know what? If I'm building my inner circle of trust, I want everybody to be positive. That's easy. I want everybody to be motivational. That's easy. But okay, can I get a specialist? You know, okay, I want to, because if you got that, that trust, I think the other person in your circle, to me, I would think, hey, man, I'm going to entrust and empower you to be my, be, be my health influence, man. Just hold me accountable. You, uh, you're amazing with your mental health, and you're so positive. You could, you could lead the charge for the whole group on that. That's just how I'm wired. Um, I just wasn't sure if you eventually got to that point yourself. So, Yeah, that, you know, you've actually given me a, a, a good idea, something to think about, and maybe have a little more specificity um, in, in who is my buddy in what area um, I've given down here, you know, all my friends, they, cause I've written about 25 articles and, you know, close to a hundred talks. Um, and so everybody knows Martin, you know, has bipolar disorder. And what I've done is I've given them these little cards that show the symptoms of mania and depression. And I've talked to them and said, okay, look, read this. Do you understand it? If you see me, displaying any of these symptoms talk to me talk to my wife so we can you know address it and uh so that's is far as i've gone my wife has a really good but i think ha having a more precise targeting system that you just alluded to is really the way to go so i'm going to have to get busy and put that into effect oh, that sounds fun I, I, yeah I, I was about to say my bad or i'm sorry but maybe it's maybe this is exciting and it's a, we're adding a we're adding tactics you know into the, your yes. already highly performing equation or guideline um because it's, it's just how i look at it because I, mean, I used to manage people i was a business coach before i left for fire and I don't know. I just, I look at, I had, I used to manage 15, 20, 30 person teams, but when we had training events or something like that, there's always those certain people that stand out a little bit stronger and you want to play to their strengths. Like why uh, I remember, you remember the, uh, there's a great book, Strengths Finder 2.0 that's been used a lot. In, yes. Right. So you, there's amazing publications like that where it's like, Hey man, let's, let's focus on your strengths. It's going to take forever to try and fix that weakness. But if you're on a team, or in this circle of trust, great, I'm going to play to each of your strengths, and hopefully that reflects back to me. And now everybody's like performing where they naturally succeed, and it could take your support system to another level. So my wife says mm -hmm. I'm, a, I'm a little OCD. I'm like, well, there you go. That's, that's what comes out of that. <laughs> that's how my brain mm -hmm. works. <laughs> I mean, I was just actually, I got to do some screen sharing because your website's awesome, by the way. Ladies and gentlemen, it's General Greg with two Gs, martin.com. Um, he's not kidding. You, you go right to the articles. You got a lot of articles, so you've been busy. Um, and, and this is just some of them, I'm guessing, since this is posted since 2022. I'm sure you've been doing a lot more speaks, uh, writings up before that. But and obviously, you know, back to your main page here. There's the book, Bipolar: My Forever War with Mental Illness. So I, I love the fact you actually aggregated and put all your articles in one place. You put all the places where you're when, when you're in the media and, and who you're speaking to, events you're going to. Uh, I would say with your condition, I'm, I'm intrigued. If I may, I'm intrigued because now that I've written a book, I've been a podcaster for a while. 
I've speaking on stage a little bit. I've, I've considered getting into speaking because obviously I, I, I'm a high level sales consultant. So I, that's what I do for my business. I do a lot of sales and marketing growth for companies. So it's, I have the gift of gab, but yes, you do. You do for sure. <laughs> that's, that's an old term, but I, I go with it. But my point is, it's just because you have the gift of gab doesn't mean everybody needs to hear it. <laughs> So my question to you is, when you're on stage, now that you've advanced to this point and you've recognized it, right, you've identified the disorder, you've purposely moved, you've changed one of your P's, you changed your place, you moved to Cocoa, uh, Co <coughs> sorry, Florida, uh, Cocoa Beach, because you wanted more sun. Uh, we definitely got a hit on the health benefits of that. But do you find yourself happier that you're speaking on stage and speaking to audiences or does that come with some concern? Because what if, right, some of the, like you give those cards to people to help you, hey, if I'm doing this, bring it to my attention. Does that stuff pop up when you're doing public events? Um, I love public speaking. It yeah. really, because I'm an extrovert and I kind of have the gift of gab, not as good <laughs> as you, but, but I sort of have it. And, you know, because my mission and purpose is sharing my bipolar story, you know, I never say no to the opportunity to speak, to share, to write, uh, whether it's a little group, a big group, a huge group. You know, I've spoken to, you know, numerous Fortune 500 companies with, you know, we're like 10,000 people in their workforce watching, nice. um, you know, et, et cetera, lots of big talks. And I, it really fires me up and it energizes me. I, and it's it's because I'm accomplishing that important, that important purpose of my life. Um, I'm doing what I said I was going to do. And that I think is the most important. Now, my wife is kind of funny. She puts a different spin on it. She said, yeah, you love talking so much because you get to talk about your favorite subject. You, <laughs> you know, I can <laughs> see so my wife doing that to me too. Uh, so you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, okay. Cause like, she's like, Everybody's like, you know, wow, your, your husband's got a podcast show and everything else. I, I heard it's pretty good. And, and she's like, do you listen to it? And she goes, no. I hear him every day at the house. Why do I need to listen to him on a podcast show? So right. I, I, I bet you probably, I mean, does your wife actually go to your events? Probably not. Uh, no. Yeah, I figured. Okay. I mean, there, there, there's that healthy separation, right? It's like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go do my professional thing. I'll catch up with you later. We'll go out to dinner or whatever. Uh, I, 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 I can align with you on that. So, and, and actually here, correct me if I'm wrong. Most famous married quote ever. Cause I've, I'm not even married five years yet. I'm a late bloomer. Um, happy wife, happy life. Pretty accurate. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I, I agree with that. Okay. Do, do you, uh, we, are, so I, I have to continue biting my tongue, right? <laughs> because I have the gift <laughs> of gab. Just thinking, yeah. I, I'm just thinking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I have a question then. So did your wife help you create the peas or was that something just came out of you trying to, un, you know, break through and, and study and figure things out and get things structured? Um, I actually, the three peas I read about in a book okay. and there were the three peas of people, purpose, place, right. but I said, this, it's not sufficient mm -hmm. and you need a fourth P which is perseverance and then one of my sons who lives with bipolar disorder, he said, hey, you need a fifth one, presence. So mm -hmm. I, I have all kinds of people to give the, the credit to. And it was interesting, my, the perseverance piece of it in the book, at the, at the back of the book, there's an appendix 
um, where my wife and other family members write about how my bipolar experience affected them. Hmm. And my wife said the key to her making it through this really trying period was she called it the P word perseverance. Mm. And so I kind of got that from her. So I, so I got the five P's from all different people. So I just kind of like pulled them all together. I would say I could have went with patience, but obviously with everything you've been through and her, I mean, how long have you two been married? Uh, 41 years. Yeah. That's perseverance. That's way beyond patience. Yeah. yeah that's impressive. That is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, cause people are like, I, they, they, I have friends of mine that said that I would never get married. I was too independent, and I was always touting it. And I said, yeah, I just realized I was full of crap, and you got to let somebody in sooner or later, bring the walls down, show some vulnerability, and all of a sudden you can fall in love, and you can find something amazing to put up with your BS and and right. succeed together. <laughs> More BS than succeed together. But you know you know what I mean. You know where I'm going with that. So, mm-hmm. um. So, you know, with you getting on podcasts, right, speaking on stage, the cool thing about podcasts is you don't know how many people this is going to reach. It could transcend for years because it's evergreen content. Like, I remind people that all the time. Like, you could have 2,000 one year, and that could, it changes to 50,000 downloads the following year. That's the beauty of content. So, like, I had um, – I want to transcend this. I had mentioned Dr. Jack Cruz before we started recording. He's the most downloaded episode on this show's history, and he was on, like – Five years ago, but his mm. topic is what matters, right? So you have a very, very important topic, bipolar disorder or bipolar illnesses, and he's he's a neurosurgeon, and he's known in a lot of the wellness circles. He's the guy who really started ripping the lid off and helping people understand the importance of fueling the body right in all areas and all sources to fuel what's called the power plants within your cells, the, the, the mitochondria. So he's like, you know, water, you know, light, ergo living in Florida, the sun, uh, uh, magnetism, et cetera, the nutrition you're putting in, all these things. All these things influence a healthy cell. But one of the things I remember from his show was he said, one, you know, start blocking the blue light at night. All this technology is terrible because that's sending your eyes and your brain that it's still daytime and the sun's gone and, this is why sleep disorders exist, just one of many reasons. But the more important thing is, I was like, so where do you live? And I remember, because he's like, well, I used to live at high altitude because I wanted to be closer to the sun. And then I decided that it was time to just move to Louisiana. <laughs> and he's like, so he's got no shortage of sun down there, plenty of heat. He's, he said the closer to the equator it has so much tie to health. So I wanted to make sure we, you and I chatted about that because you clearly moved to Florida for similar reasons, right? Right. So um, there's a thing called season seasonal affective disorder. Yes. And I've I've actually had it my whole life where when the when the days get short in the fall into the dark long winter, um, your your mood sinks and you go into kind of a natural depression. And then when the springtime comes and the sun's high and the days are longer and it's brighter, you're, the depression goes away and you, you really get a low level of mania. And so I've noticed that over the years, but it, it, um, it increased tremendously with my bipolar disorder. Hmm. So after I retired from the army and I was you know, in, in bipolar hell in terrible, terrible shape, we moved to New Hampshire where we had a home. 
Mm. And the cold, dark, gray winter with giant, lots of snow, giant um, snow banks, it had a really bad effect on my mood. It, it, it worsened my depression. And wow. I talked to my doctors about it and said, well, you know, they said, well, try a sun lamp. And I did. And that didn't really do much. And I said, well, what if we move to a warm, sunny, bright place like Florida? and our Southern California or Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And he said, it will help you. It will definitely help because it's, you know, that brightness comes into your brain and, and, and it affects the brain wiring such that you don't go into as much depression and you have more on the upside. Yeah. And so we said, well, let's try it. And um, once I started taking lithium and was stable in the seven years ago, we we moved here and uh you know we did a little research we did a visit and we came and it has made a difference um you know it's it's the weather is it's it's hot or warm and sometimes in the winter it gets cool but um you know bright sun palm trees warm um and and i i'm i'm certain that it has made a difference and with my circle of people it makes a difference too because everybody in Cocoa Beach is happy. Yeah, like they're all. They're I've been all there. It's a very happy place, <laughs> and you know there's energy and it's cool and people surf and there's artists yeah. and it's just a neat place. And I think that all has something to do with the bright sun. Yeah, you guys still you still got that Ranj on there, don't you? Yes. Yeah, Ranj. So I was there and <laughs> I went down there for the millennium. So I I have not been to Cocoa Beach since nineteen end of 1999. And then we ended up going down to Miami for the actual New Year's Eve, you know, celebration, the end of the, you know, the century or whatever. But uh, Cocoa Beach was my favorite part of the trip. We, you know, we stopped in Fort, La you know, Fort Lauderdale with the Orlando drove. We actually road tripped from Pennsylvania down there years ago, a buddy of mine. And Cocoa Beach was my favorite place. The, the, the sand's clean. The surf was awesome. Like I said, just great vibe, great little shops, places. And again, to your point, the sun. It's not just, like you said, it's going to get cold in the winter, sure. But your amount of sun, and again, you're getting closer to the equator. So we could just look at proximity to the earth. You're going to have a lot more uh, hours in the day and days in the year of sun. I mean, the only thing better than that, because I'm a big fan of Colorado, I've lived there, is obviously Colorado. Colorado's high desert. If you go to, De even at Denver, Denver, you're, you're 5,000 feet. It's high desert. They have a ton of sun. That's why that's why mm -hmm. very healthy fit state too. Um, so I mean we're we're back there all the time. So I get you because like here's the thing. My wife and I were big skiers. So you describing New Hampshire, that excited me. But that doesn't change what you're talking about. The amount of healthy uh sun and rays that you need. For example, right behind me here, that that square with all the little white dots on it, that's actually clear. Mm -hmm. Those are bulbs. So that is a red light therapy device. So from a guy, mm. a guy uh, invented these from Australia. So I bought one off of him. After, I had him on the show probably two years ago. And they make like giant ones. But those are now considered a, you know, therapy technology for health because maybe people don't want to move. They said, okay, well, at least get some red light because that is the specific, again, from Dr. Jack Cruz, just to align with you, that is the specific frequency from the sun that, is, that triggers healing. So... So yes, I know he was offering that sun lamp thing, but nowadays, fast forward to today, what you really are looking for is that red light therapy type, th those frequencies. But again, you living in Florida, you're getting a lot more of that there 
than what I get here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Uh, so yes, smart move going south. <laughs> yeah, it was. So once you move there, do you feel, or I'm very intrigued in the lithium thing because I always feel bad if there's a condition or an illness that somebody I know and they may be on, quote, a drug or a prescription the rest of their life. And the important part about your book is this is a lifelong war. So even though you went to went from New Hampshire now to Florida, it's been seven years. Do you still have to do the lithium? And if so, did, did you get to reduce the dosing? I'm very intrigued on that. Uh, yes, I, I'm still taking it and I plan to take it for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, you know, the only negative thing about lithium is that there are some downside effects. Like you have to monitor, you have to take blood tests once a quarter to check your, um, the, the level to, to make sure your kidneys are okay and your say, liver is you okay. Process, yeah. Processing all that stuff. Yeah. Right. And then the thing that has affected me the most is tremors in my hand. So my hands shake. Mm which is makes my handwriting really bad and it's hard to hold a cup of coffee. And so I was for several years, I was taking 900 milligrams a day of um, uh, lithium, which wow. isn't a huge amount, but it's, it's a good healthy dose. And then because the tremors got so bad, my doctor, she cut it in half down to 450. Mm -hmm. And within a couple of days, I could feel myself starting to rise up towards mania. I could just feel it. And I told, I said, hey, doc, I feel like I'm going to go back into mania. She said, OK, let's put, let's set it at 600 and we'll go with that for a while. And that was three years ago. So I've been pretty good with 600 milligrams, which is not a huge amount of lithium, but it's enough to do the trick. Wow. So so clearly lithium is a lifelong therapy for you. Um, yes. Now I'm very intrigued. Uh, obviously liver, kidneys, it, you are, your body is able to process it and expel it accordingly. Is there, or is that triggering additional healthy therapies to boost, let's say organ health, right? Like, Hey, I'm just bombarding, you know, that, that those organs are working overtime, trying to expel that out of my body as I keep cycling it. So has that triggered other therapies, you know, to help, make sure your organs stay super strong, super healthy, or is that all? Um, the doc, the, the doctor didn't put it quite that way, mm -hmm. but I think the answer is kind of yes. She's prescribed other types of um, minerals and vitamins and compounds that I think are essentially doing what you just described. Okay. They're increasing my health um, in general, which, yeah. which is a, a good thing. Um, hey, before we leave lithium, just here's what, it does. Um, and, you know, I, th I think in engineering terms, it builds a roof at the top of your head mm -hmm. and a floor at the bottom of your head. And so when your brain wants to go into mania and go up, 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 mm -hmm. it bumps into the roof and it can't yeah. go any higher. It, it keeps it from going man manic. Okay. And when it wants to go into depression, it hits the floor. And so really? you're in this. So it's a double prong system. support system. It, it really is. It's really a remarkable medication. And it's a, a natural, it's on the chemical periodical table, yeah. LI3. And how, so how, it, how do they source it? I'm very intrigued. Um, they, they tell you all that? They, I mean, they, I'm a, they, now you got me geeking out now. So, yeah. 
So they mine it out of the earth. And yeah. there's places all around the world where lithium exists. And like, I, apparently there's some pretty good deposits in Texas, I've heard. And they harvest it. And then it's the lithium is the same stuff they make lithium, the bipolar medicine, and lithium for batteries. Oh, I was, they I, just that was my next thing. I'm like, I thought lithium was considered a toxic element because it's being put into batteries as an essential mineral. But that's why I was worried about side effects, right? So Right. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I'm Googling it here, and they said, well, this, this one thing from uh, some European health organization, why is lithium no longer prescribed? Intriguing. It has long been known that lithium has toxic effects on the thyroid gland and the kidneys. You've already hinted at that, right? You, you're gonna make, your kidneys are going to work over time. So, uh, but again, your doctor is helping you find supplements to help you know, boost, boost the health of those organs because they are working over time. So there's ways around that. So, um, but then there's other sites here showing me that lithium is still a treatment for over the lifespan on bipolar disorders, which is you are clearly identifying that. Very interesting. So, but yeah, a high efficacy rate, which again, you've already told you, us that. <laughs> you, you know, there's, um, there's some other side benefits of lithium. Uh, there's been some research done that lithium can help prevent um, uh, dementia mm. and it can help prevent other chronic diseases that uh, otherwise would come at a higher, more rapid pace. So there's some side benefits as well. So those side benefits, well, uh, I guess that would help with the aging population as as we get older, because dementia is, you know, for the most part, is still targeted to the aging population as we're getting older. So, I mean, there has been a few random younger cases of dementia, but um, so basically, while you're taking care of everything else, you could be also helping yourself fight off dementia ever setting in or something like that. Hmm. Right. Very good. See, I love, this is why, this is why I love podcasting. I'm learning all kinds of fun things from you today. This is wonderful. So uh, this, this is this is why like, people are like, why? Why do you have a podcast? I'm like, this is why. Because thousands of people get to learn right along with me and hear your amazing story. Because I go, if I rewind all the way back to the beginning of the show, all the things that you've done living with a, quote, illness, and then the biggest takeaway I was surprised to learn today was it wasn't considered a disorder. It was an illness. And then it became a disorder later because you had to reach this quote, like breaking point or this plateau. So um, is there any, I don't know, tips or tricks? I hate to say it that way, but that from your experience, what you've learned, what you've gone through to help people hearing this wonder, well, what if that's going on inside of me, right? What if that's something that has been missed? What, how do I make sure I keep kicking ass and taking names like General Greg Martin? And not, not, maybe, maybe people do want to write a book, but they're living with these conditions and they don't know how to get out of the hole. It, it, you, know, you, you, you said you created these index cards, right? So is that stuff that's deeper into the book, by the way? Is that all spelled out on there as well? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because basically your book can become basically a guideline or a support system for somebody who thinks they might be living through a bipolar condition, but it hasn't, let's say, reached that that breaking point yet that becomes a full disorder. And I, that's what I'm excited by from this show is like, how do we help people identify this sooner and help prevent it reaching a breaking point? Because when my sister broke, 
I mean, she was, she couldn't do anything. I mean, she was, she, she wouldn't even get out of, I mean, depression kicks in. Like she wouldn't shower for weeks. It was, it was bad. And I, I was, we, we didn't know what to do. So, I mean, is there any quick, you know, quick high level things that you usually like to put out there to the world so people know that? Um, yeah, first off, what, what you just said, um, uh, bipolar, the bipolar general, um, it really is, I would say, essential reading for anybody with bipolar disorder, any kind of mental illness, or family, friend, work colleague, caretaker of them, because it's just so, so much knowledge is packed in. Yeah. Um, so so here's, here's some of the big things. You don't know whether you have the bipolar gene or not. You might have the gene and you could live your whole life without it ever being triggered and going into bipolar disorder hmm. uh, because there's no uh, marker. There's no test. You can't take a genetic or a blood test to see, do you have the, bi the bipolar gene? So it, it could, you could have it, but you might not have it. So how can you, so let's assume, let's say you assume you do have the gene. How do you lessen your chances for bipolar disorder? Well, what triggers it are highly stressful, highly traumatic events that trigger that gene and you go into bipolar disorder. Mm. So I guess the so the so the thing to do then would be to try to mitigate that through lower levels of stress, lower levels of trauma. Of course, you can't control all of that. Um, you can only control it to a certain degree, but there's other things as well. Like my mother started telling me when I was in college, you don't get enough sleep. And she was right. I needed more sleep. She said, you drink too much alcohol. And she was right. I drank too much. And then third, she said, you take your work way too seriously and it's stressing you out. And so those were three things that she was absolutely right. If I had gotten more sleep, drank less, and had not been wound up so tight over my job, I might have been a lower a lower stress person, and maybe it wouldn't have come on when it did, or maybe it never would have come on. Well, the, the 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 funny thing here is what you just shared can apply to everybody from a healthy lifestyle balancing without bipolar. Like what you just right. explained is essential nowadays more than ever. We're we're bombarded by technology, and if you're into the social media thing or you're not, but your career, your family, it's like people reach breaking points, I think, faster and easier than ever before because everything is moving so much faster. So those points you just made benefit all of us, whether we have the bipolar gene or, or not. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, I had a great uh, PhD biologist on my show multiple times years ago called Dr. Anthony J. And one of his side things is he will do a genetic analysis on you to identify like the basically chemicals and also uh, minerals and fuels that benefit your body and also could hurt your body. Like everybody's got a different genetic profile, but he pulls out all your genetic markers. Like you can get that test done. I don't know if at that level, would that still pull out that marker? Um, did they confirm there is a marker or no? No, they said there's not. Okay. They, they, well, they can't find it. So okay. you know, neuroscientists and the best brains in the world are trying to identify, you know, what is the genetic marker? They, they're certain it exists and it's in there, 
but they haven't been able to figure it out and identify it yet. Okay. I mean, the, you know, the study of the brain is like, it's like the last greatest frontier. And uh, so there's just so many things they, they don't understand and don't know. It is true. I mean, we don't realize how much power is in our skull and we're barely tapping it. Um, right. And then when we are tapping it, like you point, we're silly enough to think, oh, okay, I'll be a hard charger and I'll change my sleep cycle from eight to four to six hours. And we think that's beneficial. And what we don't realize is from all the different doctors I've had on this show of the year and what you just confirmed, if we don't sleep a very good, healthy, deep sleep, our body can't recover. Our, our cells can't repair. They can't heal. All that happens while we're sleeping. It, it's downtime, you know. And then obviously what you said earlier in the show, right? We're putting the right stuff in our body. We're working out. We're exercising. But again, if we screw up that sleep cycle, that's a major major negative impact on us. And now I've learned it's even more negatively impacting for somebody in a, with a bipolar condition. So, um, absolutely. So, so what, what are you doing? No less than eight hour. What, are you an eight hour guy now or a little bit more? Or? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, my sleep patterns, I went from, you know, my teenage years into, uh, I, I was probably getting maybe five or six hours a night and then it went steadily steadily down as I went on in my army career to where I was probably like as a colonel and a general, I was maybe only getting about four hours a night. And then when I was in full blown mania, I went three months with virtually no sleep at all. Zero. Wow. For three months. That's a pretty long time. And in that lack of sleep fueled my mania into going high. vicious cycle. Wow. You cut out a little bit there. What were you saying about the cycle? Sorry, you had a little bit of an internet blurb. Um, okay, so during that three-month period when I was in full-blown mania yeah. and I barely slept at all, the lack of sleep fueled my mania, mm -hmm. and my mania made it such that I didn't need the sleep. So it was like this upward spiral um, of wow. destruction. Yeah. Clearly, like one thing is feeding the other and there's no way to stop it. It's just a massive upswing on the negative, uh, the negative impacts that were affecting you. Exactly. But the, but the thing about mania, though, that's really important to know is that for much of my manic state, it helped me, it made me better. It boosted and enhanced my performance, made me smarter, funnier. Um, more energetic. And it wasn't until you got, you, you get to a certain threshold and you go too high that it becomes destructive. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, yeah, as I say, we can't know, ignore that. Oh, I mean, your, your career of success, a lot of that is, was benefited by the condition. And it just so happens right. that you then found the breaking point. So it's also, right. I think what I'm getting out of this show today too, is that bipolar is not, all bad it can be used Correct. for good so it's just knowing how to what keep it at bay or keep it in check and you know use that that little edge on life for all those good things like you accomplished but then have the knowledge that you're sharing through your book and through your public speakings and everything else and on podcasts like this it's like okay if you got it use it for good but don't let it go unchecked and out of control because when you break, it's bad. 
Yes, I that I agree with what you said. The problem with mania, though, is you feel so good. You feel like Superman. You feel like the smartest person in the world. So as you're going more and more manic, you can't see it. And no matter what anybody says to you, you don't believe them. I mean, I had people coming up to me and saying, hey, you know, we think you're going, you know, a little out there. And, you know, it's in, you know, people dropping hints and saying we think there's an issue. But I just dismissed them hmm. out of hand. I said, no, you're wrong. I'm brilliant. I'm a genius. I'm Superman. I'm, I can do anything. Yeah. And so no matter what they said, it had no effect on me. And then if somebody really pursued that, I would say, Oh, you're my, you're, you're one of my enemies. You're out to undermine me and hurt me and, you know, disrupt the transformation we're on. Hmm. So it, it's kind of insidious. It's a heck of but, a battle. But to, to your point though, if you could determine that a person has bipolar disorder fairly early on and you could get them to come in and get, you know, work, work with the medical people and they could get a diagnosis. It is conceivable and practical that you could give low doses of particular kinds of anti-bipolar medicine, mm -hmm. like in my case, lithium, low dose lithium. It, it like as a, what they call it a prophylactic. So yeah. a preventative medicine that could slow me down and keep me from going too high. So that is entirely conceivable. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if they could figure that out because, again, what I'm—I don't know all the official terms, but I don't even—I don't like to call it a disorder if you're not fully disrupted, right? So if there's lots of positive things like your story is going on, okay, fine, we go back in time. Yes, the general had bipolar conditions or the illness not identified, and then yes, it reached the point of crashing and burning your life which clearly now we're at the quote disorder phase that's my point is how do we keep bipolar utilized in a positive way so people don't feel like like their life is over like oh my god i have an illness i have a disease now it's like no like well there's good things from bipolar just don't let it get that bad and it's fine right. that sweet spot so that'd be exciting um yeah because I think I think if they because nowadays testing has gotten so much better and if they do eventually in our lifetimes uh, get a better job at identifying bipolar earlier on, how do we coach the the youth and the families through that so they don't see it as this huge negative? Because I don't see it as a huge negative. You, you're you're proof of that. It's just you got to find that uh, keep it in check. You know, right? Yeah, that sweet spot. Yeah, I like that. So, listen, the the book is out. Bipolar general people, my forever war with mental illness. General, I like to have my guest co-host close the show out. And years ago, it was, oh, what's some final words you'll leave behind? Well, you've already said great words. So then I realized when I was writing my book, well, I should say speaking my book because I couldn't sit down and write. Uh, I was realizing that, you know, we're going through life, going through the motions, running, you know, starting companies, charities, whatever, uh, leading thousands of, 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 of amazing soldiers in our amazing military, serving the country, serving the public, whatever it may be. And then I realized, you know, it's not final words. It's really a legacy message. I just realized, like, you know, I could get hit by a car tomorrow. I could, you know, unfortunately die skydiving, whatever. The point is that 
okay, did I leave behind a positive mark on the world? And that's what kind of led me towards finally doing the book. And maybe that's part of your story too. But, you know, is there a legacy message that you use nowadays to kind of sum up where you came from, where you're at, why you put the book out, why you get on stage? Is there any kind of legacy message you'd like to leave behind for the audience? Sure. Um, bipolar disorder and other mental conditions, uh, they can be and often are deadly and destructive. They destroy marriages, families, careers, finances, lead to addictions, homelessness, incarceration, death, suicide. That's the bad news. I mean, really, really devastating stuff. That's the bad news. The good news is that if you get diagnosed and get treated and stick with your treatment plan and you manage these chronic conditions, you can live a happy, healthy, purposeful life, that, and, which is a great story. It's a great news story. And you, you just have to manage it the way people manage diabetes or cancer or heart disease. Now, why don't people go get help? That's the $100 question. If, when they're sick, why don't they get help? It's because of the stigma that dr dr leads people to shame and embarrassment. And the stigma is just based on ignorance. People still have a notion that when it comes to mental health, it, problems are due to lack of character, lack of willpower. Not true. It's due to physiological conditions inside the wiring of the brain. So once you realize that, uh, there should be no stigma, just like there's no stigma against diabetes or cancer. And so that's kind of my, my message. And, you know, arm yourself with knowledge. I mean, you know, a good place to start is the bipolar general. Get the knowledge because that knowledge could save your life or the life of somebody that you love. Well said, sir. That's why, that's why I, I'm glad I flipped to the legacy message because somebody like you, I knew you had a powerful message and thank you. I mean, mental health awareness is bigger now, ladies and gentlemen, than ever been. And, you know, I'm going to screen share here as we, as we bring the show to a close and hang tight. I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air, sir. Uh, but again, ladies and gentlemen, it's bipolar general. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it. But just you can also just go visit his site, generalgregmartin.com, Greg with two Gs. And the book's right there. It's linked to Amazon. And you can source it through the U.S. Naval Institute, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. So, ladies and gentlemen, another amazing show. Definitely digging into the importance of health and lifestyle balance. But it, this, this will benefit you in your business life and elsewhere and beyond. So, as a reminder, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. The General helped us do that today. And then some. So I want to remind you, ladies and gentlemen, you too could live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.